Welcome to the Michael Teal Football Show. My name is Miles. 2022 NFL Draft is in the books. I gave my initial thoughts on round one uh, Thursday night. So check out that episode. Kind of a a deeper dive into really the, the top 13 picks as well as the A.J. Brown trade to the Eagles, the Hollywood Brown trade uh, to the Cardinals. Um, And then I did uh, part one of this, of of today's episodes, on the quarterbacks and the running backs. And then today, let's talk wide receivers. I want to pretty much talk about every receiver selected in the first two rounds, uh, and then a a sprinkling of some from the later rounds. Uh, And I wanted to give it time so i i made receivers their their own episode hey this is the off season of the wide receiver right i mean tyree kill Devontae adams aj brown being traded getting these massive contracts we've got these competing philosophies that we're seeing which is pay your stars or the nfl has so many good receivers right now we shouldn't pay our stars and we should trade them. And and what philosophy is going to win out? You know, I I do not know. It's going to be fun to watch. So welcome back. Muckle 2 episode, Muckle 2 football show, episode 62. This show is football, everything, NFL history, legacy within the ups and downs of an NFL season. Uh, follow us at M-U-K underscore football at M-U-K underscore football on Twitter. Subscribe, share. Review on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, wherever your podcasts. And let's start it right off. Let's go through the receivers, starting with the first receiver off the board. Eighth overall, Drake London out of USC goes to the Atlanta Falcons. We talked about this London out of USC. I mean, on tape, tons of great stuff at the catch point. All sorts of highlight contested catches. He's got the size of an old school, you know, wide receiver one prototype, 6'4", 219. Um, he's, he's not lumbering, though. He's not like, we're not talking about like Mike Williams or, um, and I'm referring to the Mike Williams of the Lions, by the way, Roy Williams. Oh, dang, Roy Williams. Uh, or And he's not like uh, Nikhil Harry or anything like that. He's got quickness. Drake London is quick. He did stuff in the slot, you know. He was able to find and and make moves in space, even though he's that big. Most outlets, you know, prospects had Drake London as their second or third receiver, um, probably because of the hesitation that, you know, contested catches are one thing. Why are they contested? You know, and the hope is, and the hope for Atlanta, certainly, is the reason they were all so contested, even though Drake London won all those contests, is because the USC quarterbacks were hesitating. They were making bad reads. And if not, if it is because Drake London can't get separation, then we're just back to another college contested catch guy who's going to struggle in the NFL when the competition level increases. So, I mean, the question is, should Drake London have been the first receiver off the board? Um, And I think a lot of people are are debating that, and a lot of people are having a, a tough time with that because... Many people don't think Drake London should be the first receiver off the board, but this this is not fun content, but I mean, this is just 
what I think. London, Garrett Wilson, Jameson Williams, Olave, uh, you know, even Jahan Dotson, they're just so different. You know, teams maybe aren't drafting. Maybe they say all these players are good, and then they're drafting the style of player that they want. So maybe Atlanta isn't saying Garrett Wilson is better than Drake London. Maybe they're saying we need a Drake London for our offense if they're both going to be about the same. So it's it's kind of hard to talk about. And London pairs with Kyle Pitts, a fun fantasy combo. Of course, Matt Ryan is not there, and Mariota, you know, we have not seen him sustain a volume passing offense before, though it's been a few years, but uh, I wouldn't be too confident. Um, second receiver off the board goes two picks later, the 10th overall pick to the New York Jets, a Mr. Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. Far and away, my top receiver. I'm no scout. I do. I watch college football, like broadcast of college football, um, and then I read a lot about stuff ahead of the draft. So I'm no scout, but my opinion was that Garrett Wilson was clearly the top receiver of this class, whereas the consensus is sort of that there was a blob of six, maybe seven guys at the top, all decent, all very different. And then I, I know I just said that Drake, you know, maybe the Falcons thought that. If I was the Falcons, I wouldn't have. I would have said, I'll take Garrett Wilson. He just seems like the most likely to become a star out of this group. You know, I love that he goes to New York. Elijah Moore, Corey Davis. We just talked about Brees Hall. We're setting up Zach Wilson to succeed. Um, That's going to be really interesting. That is going to be really interesting. As I rhymed it before, it's going to be actually exciting to have the Jets on our television sets. I'm still worried about Zach Wilson, though. <laughs> I just got to say that real quick. The shape of his career is worrisome to me. Zach Wilson, I'm, I'm talking about. He had one good season, which was the COVID 2020 sham season with entire position groups like suspended, no practices, all sorts of programs closing down. That's the one year that Zach Wilson was good. And last year in the NFL, he had some horrifying metrics. Sure, there were some highlights, but uh, he did not have, not have a good rookie season. The highlights actually kind of balance it out. So there's some hope. I am worried. I am worried. Um, We're going to get to see it because I love Garrett Wilson. And I think Brees Hall's right pick. I'm a huge Elijah Moore fan. I'm a huge Corey Davis fan. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with Zach Wilson. And and that's nice because we're not gonna we're not gonna be in a Carson Wentz situation where we're like oh he has no weapons so we don't really know if he's good or not you know this way we are going to be <laughs> we're gonna know if Zach Wilson is bad <laughs> um, the next pick Chris Olave goes to the Saints the small fast guy on the other side of the Ohio State field from Garrett Wilson <laughs> Olave's got good hands um, really great catches. You know, we a lot of Justin Fields um, highlight tape that we're all watching and marveling at last year was Olave on the receiving end of some of those bombs from C.J. Stroud last season, of course, as well. Um, I mean, Olave played a complimentary role all through college, all through Ohio State. Then again, he goes to New Orleans, where presumably he will be playing a complimentary role again, you know, um, to Michael Thomas. Um Jameis Winston's a quarterback there. I mean, I just felt a pang of sadness that Chris Olave 
is not going to a Sean Payton, Drew Brees offense. You know, he's going to the Saints, but he's not going to a Sean Payton, Drew Brees offense. Uh, sure. I mean, they've they've kept some continuity on the coaching staff. Michael Thomas is there. Alvin Kamara is there. Jameis Winston did get a year with Drew Brees, did play last year. It's not the same, though. It's not the same. It um, Olave and Michael Thomas is a good a good combo for fantasy. I'm into it because just like for Drake London, they're playing in a dome all the time. So that's nice. Um, is Michael Thomas even going to play? I guess he did. He did tweet. He tweeted when Olave was drafted. He said like, you know, let's, let's run it or something like that. So seems like, yes. <laughs> oh, we'll see what the saints do. Uh, one pick later, the wide receiver run continues in the round one, Jamison Williams. So I forgot to mention new Orleans traded up. To get their um to get Olave, they traded with the Washington Commanders. They gave up uh, a third and a fourth round pick. Commanders moved back down to sixteen. Saints get Olave at eleven. The next pick, the Vikings trade out to the Lions for just a third rounder. <laughs> so the the Saints are going to be like, oh, what the heck? <laughs> we had to pay more to move up less, but hey. That's the nature of uh, of draft trading, right? Um, like I said in the round, round one reaction, speed always wins. And Jamison Williams, even with an ACL, an ACL that happened as late in a college football season as is possible to happen at the January 10th college football playoff championship, even with that, Williams is drafted highly because he is fast, just like Olave was uh, the, the pick before. Um, we, I'm sure we all remember the play, uh, you know, that, uh, that Williams tore his ACL on. It was a, it was a good play 40 yard seam route. Bryce young threw it onto the wrong shoulder for Jameis Williams. He had to adjust back, caught it and then, then had some, some potential to do after the catch stuff, but he tore his ACL right there. Um, so sad, but, but you know, even that play <laughs> was good. So Jameis Williams is great. Williams and Wilson were the two guys that um, during the college football season you would put on knowing that they're going to be NFL receivers, um, or at least that's a, that's what I did. Um, so I just think Lions fans just got to hope for just take it slow, Jameson. Just take it slow. We, we want to see some flashes from Jameson Williams in 2022. Maybe when Jared Goff is in one of his patented fugue states and can't see the field and he panics, he throws it up to Jamison Williams. That's a great guy to throw it up to, right? Take it slow. Get out there. Get some bombs from Jared Goff in garbage time. And let's just build something going forward in Detroit. All right. Commanders then. As long as they didn't want Jamison Williams uh, or Chris Olave. They did pretty good here because they traded back from 11, got a third and fourth round pick. When it got to 16, they took Johan, Johan Dotson, uh, the receiver uh, that presumably they wanted. <laughs> Otherwise, why did they do this? So presumably that's what happened. Of course, that's what they say happened. Everyone, every team, every team that drafted a receiver is like, yeah, he was number one on our board. Mm -hmm, sure. <laughs> but I think it might actually be true for these first five. I truly think that Atlanta thought Drake London was the best receiver. Well, I know Atlanta thought Drake London was the best receiver because they they had all the receivers available to them. 
I think the Jets wanted Wilson. I think the Saints wanted Olave. I think the Lions wanted Williams. I truly think that. And I think the Commanders wanted Dotson. I think they wanted Dotson and the trade back, of course. But um, we know Terry McLaurin wanted a receiver. He was ready to to take an Avengers-style helicarrier out of the Pentagon and go on a rampage unless, <laughs> unless the Commanders took a receiver. He was... Very active on social media. And what a roller coaster because he saw his teammate Olave drafted in the pick that the commanders should have picked in. But, okay, Dotson. I think McLaurin should be pretty happy with this. They're they're a good team. Dotson is a smaller guy, 5'11", 178. He's small, but, you know, he can be used all over. This is kind of what they wanted Curtis Samuel to do. Um this is the type of year where fan, fans and analysts, fanalists, <laughs> always say, "Oh well, you know, don't they already have this?" Reminder of the bloodbath of injuries that is going to come in the season. You got to have backup plans. You got to have backup plans. I'm worried about Dotson's size in the NFL, but it does appear that they. Um, that they know what kind of player he is. And and he is, you know, 5'11". He's not not 5'7 or 5'8 like some of the receivers were about to about to see drafted. He's 5'11, 178. He's got room to to bulk up there, presumably. And then Tennessee. Tennessee rounds out the first round. I mean it's the 18th overall, but what ends up being the final receiver picked of the round, Traylon Burks. Now Tennessee didn't have the 18th pick. Why? Because they traded into the 18th pick with the Eagles. They gave a third rounder and AJ Brown. (laughs) This is the talk of Thursday night, right? It was the AJ Brown trade. It was the story of the draft. It was the headline of the draft. If anyone who was asleep at the time woke up the next Friday for work, checked their phones, anybody who was uh, talking about football would have been talking about the AJ Brown trade which kind of sucks for Traylon Burks, you know, out of Arkansas, who was selected with this pick. He's now the, the, the cog in this experiment, which is, you know, the Titans are basically saying, we're going to quote unquote, get value. Uh, we're going to uh, ha- trade AJ Brown to the Eagles so that the Eagles can pay AJ Brown a hundred million for four years. And we're going to try and do the same thing again. We're going to try to get a, a, a cheap rookie who can excel on the outside for us. Uh, so they're trying to the, the Stefan Diggs Justin Jefferson maneuver that Minnesota pulled off. It's just difficult. This is very difficult. Um, you know, and we will see if it can be done. This is part of those competing philosophies I was talking about the at the beginning of the episode. And the, you know, the teams that are trading away these players, you know, the Titans trading away AJ Brown, the chiefs trading away Tyreek Hill, the Packers trading away Devonte Adams, instead of paying them They're they're generally the smarter teams. So I hesitate to criticize it too much because it's, you know, those teams have such a, such a, you know, the Ravens trading away Hollywood Brown. These are the smart teams trading away their receivers instead of paying them. Still, I hesitate to criticize what the Eagles have done, what the Raiders have done, what the Dolphins have done, what the Cardinals have done, getting these good receivers. One of these is not like the other. Holly Brown is not one of these guys. I mean, get the, get the Cardinals out of here. Okay. AJ Brown is 25 years old. He's going into year four. Isn't this what the draft, isn't this what you want in the draft? Isn't this the dream 
to get a star receiver who's about to go into his prime. Now we're trading him away. We're trading AJ Brown away to get a new one and hope that this guy is also super good. But here again, okay, here again, even in my example of Traylon Burks, the conversation around his selection being dominated by AJ Brown, even as I was trying to give the example, I started talking about AJ Brown. <laughs> okay, Traylon Burks, this guy at Arkansas who's now with Tennessee, separate away from the way he's in Tennessee. He's a good player. There's reason to be excited about Burks. He's big, he's got giant hands, where he's like size like five extra large gloves. He's strong. He's fast. He was productive through college for a big guy. He was super scary after the catch, uh, you know, maneuverable, um, saw him make some huge plays against big time competition. He there's uh there's some good highlights against Alabama, which is a bunch of his fellow draft, uh, uh companions here. Uh, I think Burke's career is, is very similar in a way to AJ Brown and DK Metcalf and, you know, the Ole Miss in that. The question is, is he going to become, uh, you know, a refined route runner? How is his route running going to improve? That's probably going to be the defining quality of whether or not he's able to do this in the NFL. So it'd be fun to watch. Uh, I'll be rooting for him. I do think darker days are ahead for Tennessee. So the other big receiver storyline of the first round was that the Packers did not pick one. They had two picks in the first round, as well as two picks in the second round. Part of the part of the deal that they got for Devontae Adams, they have both the Raiders' picks as well as both their own picks. And in the first round, the Packers took two Georgia Bulldog defenders instead of a receiver. And this was kind of the running joke through the whole draft process and the mock drafts. It was like, the Packers did all this. They traded away Devonte Adams. They didn't necessarily want to. They they um, you know offered him a lot of money to stay, um, and add, you know that that relationship was just fractured enough. So they get these four picks in the first two rounds, and the kind of the running joke was, you know, they need a receiver, and it would be just their luck that in the first round all those receivers are gone, and they have to take Christian Watson. <laughs> that was that was you know, or George Pickens. You know, that was seemingly the consensus that that would be funny because uh, there was there is a pretty consensus teardrop, you know, across you know ESPN, NFL, PFF, Ringer, and CBS. I have all those side all those rankings side by side. They all have the same combo of the same top six receiver uh, prospects, with the one exception being PFF has Pickens over Burks. But generally, those five major outlets all have the same top, top six receivers. So the Packers, before they even got to their first pick, all six of them were gone once Burks went to Tennessee. But instead of panicking and taking Watson in the first, like the joke you know, was that they did use those two first round picks on the Georgia Bulldog defenders. And then in the second round, I don't know what happened overnight, but they said, we, we really got to make sure we still are able to do this. They used their, their two second rounders to move up to the beginning of the second round and take Christian Watson, their pick of the second tier. Uh, some people got pickings. Some people have, have Mechie, but Watson was, was their pick. Um, I don't mind it if they like Watson. I feel like 
Christian Watson gets like a media boost, like a, a draft guy boost, a scout boost, because everyone was watching him last year all the time while scouting Trey Lance, you know, at North Dakota State. Something like I feel like Christian Watson would have been watched and drafted a lot later if Trey Lance wasn't his quarterback. That's not a good sign to me. I don't like that. Um, he Watson definitely has a potential to be a star. He's got the size, he's got the speed, he got the ability. He's older. He's 23 years old. He played at a small school with an NFL quarterback who went third overall and didn't dominate. I know I'm back to criticizing, kind of oscillating between praise and criticism, but hey, that's what they do on TV as well, right? Um, maybe that's because of all the handing off, but I, you know, I don't really like this pick, I guess, as I'm kind of talking myself through it. Christian Watson to the Packers, it's not great. And and then the other worry I have is that Aaron Rodgers hates rookie receivers anyway. You know, this is this is different than Rodgers really wanting the Packers to draft a rookie receiver in you know, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, because now Rodgers is no longer in his mid-30s. Now he's in his late 30s. And now when we're drafting these receivers, there's there's a more immediacy to them. Back then, it was like Rodgers needs a couple of rookie receivers to restock with. Now, it's like he needs a couple of rookie receivers because he need, now they need to start producing now. And he has generally not sustained rookie receiver success. It, even Devontae Adams was a bust after 2014. Rodgers and Adams not on the same page. 2015, they weren't, even second year. Randall Cobb, for all of Mr. Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb, you know, buddy cop show, 2011, Randall Cobb was a special teamer. You know, they <laughs> Rodgers wasn't getting him in the offense. Jordy Nelson's buried on the depth chart as well in 2008. He has generally come on to guys later. You know, it, it reminds me a lot of Tom Brady. When you are a super, I was going to say superstar, no, Hall of Famer, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. When you're that guy, when you're in Rodgers, when you're Tom Brady, you expect a lot. And rookies can't always deliver. So Christian Watson, he's got to do that. Maybe that's, they took him, he's older. Maybe they think he can have a chance to do that better. Packers and Watson will be fun to watch. The eighth receiver off the board shortly after. So Watson goes 34th overall. The Giants at 43rd overall in the second round take Wandale Robinson. Giants. Why? <laughs> Why? Okay. Wandale Robinson. He is the speed pick. This is the disregard for size. It's just speed. He's 5'8, he's 175 pounds. Didn't produce that much. Uh, he's too small. I really don't get. Why NFL teams continue, continue, continue to draft these small little guys, expecting them to do well. This is Tutu Atwell last year was a perfect example. You can be tough. You can be fearless. It doesn't matter when you're out four to six weeks because he got blasted by a linebacker on a hit that another receiver could have easily absorbed. You know, a, a counter argument may be at some point the rules are going to benefit so much that these little, little, little guys are going to be fine. Um, but I don't know that we're there yet. We certainly haven't been there. We haven't seen a player this small succeed in a productive main part of an offense role. Um, 
We expect we as fans expect home runs out of our first and second round picks. If this is just a punt returner, he shouldn't be 43rd overall. The great tape in college doesn't meet the threshold size need needed for the NFL. So both the first two second round picks, I, I'm kind of nervous about Christian Watson to the Packers, Wandale Robinson to the Giants. Um, it kind of reminds me of Miko Hardman Chiefs pick when they were worried about losing Tyreek Hill. Um, they kind of tried to pick the guy closest to him. Wandale Robinson is the pick because Kadarius Tony is like off the reservation apparently. And they're just trying to pick the guy closest to Kadarius Tony that they can. So they can keep their, their offense the same. Then again, it's a new coaching staff. So what do they care? Um, well, you know what? I'll let the giants explain that to us over the course of the season. The next pick Houston Texans take John Mechie 44th overall out of Alabama. The, you know, the wide receiver two to Jamison Williams, a more traditional receiver pick. You know, they got his great character, um, a clear leader. He doesn't have the traits or the explosiveness of the big names. So he, he wasn't ever really going to be in the first round, but he does have traits and explosiveness. <laughs> you know, like he's still good. He's still good. And he's one of those receivers that you could see doing it. You know, he like you hear him talk. You you just see the way he acts. You know, he is, you know, he's a pro. He's dedicated. I, I guess I just like John Mechie as a person. I think he's cool. I think he's a good, you know, worker. You could, I don't know. There's some people you just hear them talk and they're authentic. Um, and I like that. I think he's going to do good. Um, Texans and Nico Collins last year, Texans drafted Nico Collins receiver, uh, in the third round. I liked him as a lot, a lot too. Um, the only thing I don't like about it for Mechie and Collins really is that the Texans are trading up to do these things. So they traded back. They already had their second round pick. They came back and did into the second round to get John Mechie. Uh, they traded, uh, let's see, they traded their their second rounder, their other second rounder, and two fourth rounders. And they, they did this for Nico Collins as well. They traded the third, fourth, and fifth to get Nico in the third round. So in all, they traded six picks to get two receivers, a second, two thirds, two fourths, and a fifth to get Mechie and Collins. I like the receivers, but Houston, you got problems everywhere. I mean, not all draft picks hit. You've got to calibrate for that. You've got to take a lot of picks. I mean, they just still pick nine guys in this draft. So, 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 you know, fair, but Texans with Mechie. I'm a, I'm a fan of the pick. Next up is Tyquan Thornton. Six picks later to the Patriots. This is the same thing as Wandale Robinson. I don't want to go on a whole nother rant about size. Um, Mechie wins the ninth receiver off the board. Thornton is the 10th. And I think all of us were wondering, where's George Pickens? You know, where's George Pickens going to go? Pickens has the first round talent. So this was kind of the story of the second round here. And the Patriots taking Thornton, unfortunately, on the heels of taking a Chattanooga guard at the end of the first round, they're kind of getting laughed at. They're getting laughed at because this pick was out of the blue. Like they, I mean, they could have gotten him later, at least according to the media. You don't know that for sure. We got George Pickens on the board. We got Sky Moore on the board. We got Alex, uh, Alec Pierce on the board, popular prospects that are inside the top 10 prospects for, for most media outlets. Um, the Patriots trust their instincts and should they, should they, they've been pretty bad with receivers. 
They drafted Nikhil Harry over Debo, over DK Metcalf, over AJ Brown, and not because they were going with the rankings or the consensus of the media. The media was like, what the hell are you taking Nikhil Harry for? They draft this Tyquan Thornton. I never heard the name. I had never heard the name Tyquan Thornton. I mean, and, and the other prospect, like the, you know, I keep bringing up these outlets because I got a little grid. I, I always like to see like where everybody has everyone ranked. CBS has Thornton as the 19th best receiver. PFF is the 21st best receiver. Ringer is the 20th best receiver. ESPN is the 18th best receiver. And NFL.com is the 20th best receiver. So Thornton, who goes as the 10th overall receiver, was nowhere near that for any of the major outlets. Patriots, man. But he ran a 4-2. Hey, Speed, 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 which again is not a lifetime achievement. You don't just get a four, two and you're, you're fast forever. It, the, the field matters. The fact that you're running with no pads matters. It's the time. It's a, a particular time in your life. I don't know. I, I am just not a fan of, man, I'm really critical of the Watson Robinson and now the Thornton picks, um, in the second round. And I will sound really stupid if these, if any of these guys hit, um, the Patriots could be drafting and so could the giants could be drafting their punt returner, kick returner, their specialist guy. Cause they know they need it, but that's not how a fan like me perceives the game to me. First and second round is about drafting a centerpiece of your offense. Um, and maybe that is, you know, not reality. Maybe that's not reality. Two picks later, the Pittsburgh Steelers pick George Pickens and the Patriots. If the Patriots have struggle at receiver, the Steelers are the opposite. They do not struggle at receiver. They have had a incredible hit rate, uh, in the, in the GM, Kevin Colbert, uh, range of, gathering good talent at receiver on day two, sometimes day three of the draft. Um, Pickens goes cold blooded that uh, Chase Claypool had to be the one to announce this pick because presumably he's announcing his replacement because uh, Claypool hasn't, hasn't done uh, doesn't well. Why do we have people announcing picks at all? I, I don't know. That's a whole rant that I cannot get into now. Um, Pickens falls here. Injury concerns. He did miss most of the season with an ACL, most of the 2021 ACL season. And the 2020 season was an evaluation nightmare because of you know all the reasons we've already explained with COVID. The fact that the Steelers picked him is probably the best thing going for George Pickens. That makes me think this guy is actually good. Pickens apparently has character concerns, which what is that? I mean, we're just supposed to just generally, I don't, I mean, <laughs> like what? <laughs> It always, always kind of annoys me. Just trust us. Character concerns. Um, but the fact that the Steelers have picked him is probably the best sign for George Pickens that there has been. They, Mike Wallace, Emmanuel Sanders, you know, Antonio Brown, of course, Wheaton, Martavis Bryant, Juju Smith-Schuster, James Washington, Deontay Johnson, like just receiver after receiver after receiver who maybe they're not all superstars. Maybe they're not all superstars, but decent players, productive players in the NFL. Then again, they have one thing in common, which was Ben Roethlisberger, who is no longer there. Now it's Kenny Pickett or Mitchell Trubisky. So not quite the same, <laughs> not quite the same, but George Pickens has the 
consensus best opportunity to be the superstar that should have been drafted in the first round, but wasn't, you know, but fell for, for some reason. So, um, and I, I think he is the most like mystery box wide receiver. Cause we didn't really get to see him in 2020 in that sham of a season and 2021, he was hurt. Um, see if he turns out like his dad is George Pickens, the son of Carl Pickens, Cincinnati Bengals receiver, former offensive rookie of the year and fantasy first round pick for the dancing rabies babies in 1998. Let me, let me look that up real quick. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Is Carl Pickens really George Pickens dad? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Is Carl Pickens really George Pickens dad? Hmm. Appears that no, <laughs> based on the the absence of each other on each other's Wikipedia pages. Um, well, okay. Good name, though. Good name. Pickens. All right. Let's go to the next one. Oh, boy. We're already over a half hour here. Um, well, that's receivers for you, I guess. It's the NFL's fault for drafting so many receivers. I try to keep my episodes to 30 minutes, 35 minutes. I think we'll probably be a little bit over here because we do have uh, another two receivers to go through in the second round. And then I, I have a, a three receivers selected after the second round that I kind of wanted to, to highlight. So let's go next. George Pickens went 52nd. Uh, two picks after Taekwon Thornton to the Patriots. Pickens goes to the Steelers, and then one pick after that, uh, the Colts trade in for Alec Pierce, and they draft him. So we get a little receiver run here because the Chiefs take a receiver right after this. So we get this receiver run. This is that that second tier. You know, when people were talking about the wide receiver draft class, um not being top heavy, but being really solid at the first like 12 guys. This is what they were talking about, especially Pickens, Pierce, Watson, and we'll soon talk about Sky Moore. Those guys, like they're not with the the, the first six, but they're like pretty close. They're a better second tier than you might normally see. And in, in a weak class overall, you can see why so many of these guys went. I mean, this is the Sky Moore will be our 13th receiver in 54 total picks. That's a lot for, for one position. So Colts come up, take Alec Pierce draft analysts. We're thrilled. Um, this is like a, a sexy pick that people love. Well, people love anyone. The Colts pick or anyone, the Ravens pick, because you don't want to criticize them because they're so often right. <laughs> you know, like, um, I think Ryan Rossillo, uh, was talking on his podcast, so I'm not going to take credit for this analogy, but he says like the, the San Antonio Spurs for so many years, they would draft a guy and because they drafted him, he'd be like, Oh, I guess I was wrong. You know, even if he didn't like the guy, he, he knows the Spurs are like more often, right? Um, the Colts and the Ravens are kind of that way. So Alec Pierce wasn't, it wasn't a guy shooting up the boards for me, but the fact that the Colts drafted him maybe has some hope. They did hit with Michael Pittman. They've got Matt Ryan there, uh, you know, living a little juice in Indianapolis. You know, if Pierce can can live up to his billing, what, he's 6'3", 211 out of Cincinnati. Uh, you know, he doesn't have the, the route running, the short area quickness that lends to an early showing. I guess what that by that I mean like it's usually the short area quickness guys, the you know the guys who are able to um, 
show up as technicians early that have the great rookie years. And Alec Pierce isn't really that. He is more of a traits receiver. He's more like with Burks, um, but but not as not as um, as fast or strong as as Traylon Burks to Tennessee. So I kind of worry about that pairing. Actually, Alec Pierce needs some time to grow potentially, while Michael Pittman is also growing, and Matt Ryan's clock is ticking because I, I, Matt Ryan's hitting a wall, a wall at thirty seven. You know, that we are somewhat blind to because Tom Brady has had like a five year run in his 40s. We forget most quarterbacks start to fade about this time. So I'm, I'm a little worried this isn't going to line up. Um, but uh, it's still a good pick. I, th- I think that, you know, there's going to be a quarterback in Indianapolis who does enjoy Pierce, I believe. I just don't know if it's going to be Matt Ryan. Okay. Next pick is Kansas City, 54th pick overall. We get Sky Moore. Um, now, this pick is praised to the heavens. This is going to be a fantasy football darling, along with, uh, you know, probably David Bell later, because he's the only guy going to a good quarterback. I mean, there's almost everyone who draft receivers before this, you know, Matt Ryan is probably the best one that has gotten one. Um, He's going to Pat Mahomes. He's going to Andy Reid. Sky Moore was a generally highly rated prospect, way more than he was drafted. He is the 13th receiver overall taken, and all the outlets had him top 10. CBS had him ninth. PFF had him fifth. Ringer had him eighth. ESPN had him eighth. NFL had him seventh. So Sky Moore was a top 10 prospect across all five of those outlets and went to the Chiefs. <laughs> at 13th overall receiver come on now he's he's small 5'9 195 but he's got separation skill sure hands i mean the knock on him is he can probably only play the slot i think that's true but maybe that's okay with what kansas city kind of has around him and with what kansas city needs immediate short passing game patience I mean, they lost a chance at the Super Bowl this year because they weren't patient and they didn't stick with the with the short passing game. It was kind of their problem all year long. So loading up on guys like Sky Moore seems like a good idea. Juju Smith-Schuster, different size profile, but also a great short game passing game guy. Um, and the knock on Sky Moore, like I said, is playing the slot. It is his size. I just want to point out that despite the concern, not despite, I want to point out that Sky Moore's concern is whether he can play in the NFL. I don't know if he can. People don't know if he can play the NFL because he is 5'9 and 195, which is two inches taller and 20 pounds heavier than Wandale Robinson Giants. The guy whose concern is he's too small is two inches taller and 20 pounds heavier than the guy you drafted him at 43rd. Overall, God, the Wandale Robinson pick. If he turns out to be a star, this is going to sound stupid. But I like the Sky Moore pick, and he's also set up for a lot more success. He doesn't have Daniel Jones. He's got Pat Mahomes. All right, there's three other guys I wanted to talk about. We're at the 39-minute mark. I'll try to make this quick here. Three other guys I just wanted to talk about, not necessarily in order. I'm going to skip a bunch of receivers that were drafted. That was the end of the first and second round. So we went through every receiver drafted in the first and second round. One guy in the third round I wanted to mention was David Bell to the Browns because he goes to Deshaun Watson. The Browns spent the draft in the shadows, right? 
but David Bell is the 16th receiver off the board, 99th pick overall. He's a, this is a, this is a good one. This is an interesting one. He's a footwork phenom. He's the route runner guy. He's one of those technicians, one of those guys with a chance. Um, good route runner. And this offense is missing that the Browns offense that, you know, he does bell doesn't have any explosiveness. They're also missing that, but the Browns offense is missing quite a bit right now, <laughs> but they get this. They get this kind of safety blanket type of guy, a wily consistent guy for Deshaun Watson. Now, hopefully David well can't uh, David bell can do that. That's a hard, that's a tough ask of a rookie, but I like the pick in general. Uh, just shout out to the Steelers taking Calvin Austin. Uh, you know, when the Steelers take a draft in the fourth, it's take a receiver in the draft. You pay attention. Um, I think this is probably more of a punt returner pick. He's small, 5'8", 170. Um, and yes, Calvin Austin has similar measurables to Wandale Robinson in the second round. And I'm praising Calvin Austin. The Steelers taking Calvin Austin. But I'm lamb- lamb- lambasting. The Giants are taking Wandale Robinson purely based on where they are taking. And that's kind of the folly of draft analysis, right? Because none of this is going to matter later. It's not going to matter week seven where a guy was drafted. So I admit that that's kind of the folly of the draft analysis. But there is a multiverse. There is a universe where the Giants don't take that guy and they get him later and they take someone else who is able to help them. And it's hard. It's That's an abstract thought that is no longer in play in week seven. That's why we talk about it now. Uh, and then the last one, the last receiver I want to bring up, Khalil Shakir uh, to the Buffalo Bills. Shakir is the 21st receiver off the board, fourth round, 148th pick overall. Uh, now, another one that the analysts are just howling for joy. Sky Moore goes to Mahomes, and everybody loved him. Uh, and Khalil Shakir also is one of the guys drafted way later than his ranking. You know, he was 10th, 10th for CBS, 14th for uh, PFF, 11th for Ringer, ESPN at 16th, NFL 15th, but he was drafted in the 20s, 21st overall receiver. And he's set up to succeed, just like Sky Moore. Buffalo already has Stefan Diggs, a number one. They've got Gabriel Davis coming off his four touchdown divisional game. Shakir fits a different, a different part of that. He's, he's a yards after catch, a vicious, you know, smart football player. Um, I, the reason I wanted to talk about Shakir is because I, I feel like I know him better than, than some of the positions. Just I'm on the West coast. It's Saturday night. Boise State is on. Okay. You know, boys, you have a dram. The Boise State kickoff was like 8 p.m., you know, and you're watching it and you're having fun. And he, this guy just flashed on the field. He was, he is incredible everywhere, outside, on the slot, in the backfield. You know, I am not going to say the comparison that everyone else has been making for every player who takes a handoff. I'm not going to do that because it's stupid. Nobody is Debo Samuel. But Khalil Shakir is just so versatile. And the only reason that he is this far low is because of the measurables, specifically the arms. Apparently, he has short arms, um, which can be part of the reason that he pops for me on screen. Because with his short arms, he has to leap for the ball and just make better catches. You know, it's kind of like the, the golfer who is always like, known for these crazy recovery shots. Um, you know, 
he, he had to be in the woods in order to hit that great shot from out of the woods, right? Um, so it kind of reminds me of that. But Khalil Shakir for Buffalo is an interesting pick. All right, I'm, I'm way over time. That was the receivers. We will be back throughout the offseason. We're going to have some special episodes, some some history episodes, um, stuff I like to do. This show is obviously about history and legacy. And then we'll really start to talk about the 2022 season really in earnest uh, in June and July when we do our, our team review. So thank you for tuning in to the Muckleteal Football Show. My name is Miles, and good night. Thank <laughs> you.